Hey y'all, it's me back at it again with another podcast. Today isn't going to be like a vlog slash podcast. This is just a podcast because yesterday I posted a vlog. So go check that out on my YouTube, The Christian Bay. But today I got a word from from y'all, wow, for (laughs) y'all from my quiet time and the time that I spent with God this morning. And it's kind of lengthy, so I'm just going to get right into it. But before I get into it, y'all already know what I'm about to say. Like, get your notebook, get your pen, get your paper, because I actually have five points for y'all to write down. So go get that and start off by writing the title of this episode, which is Sagacious Soldier. Okay, your girl pulling out the big words in this episode, okay? Big words, big podcast, big word, okay? Alright, so during my quiet time today, God led me to the book of 2 Timothy. Actually, he led me to the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. But the word that I'm going to share with you guys is specifically out of 2 Timothy. And it's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. So in 2 Timothy, the main part that I want to expand on is chapter 2, verse 4, which says, Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. So when I was reading it, I read it, I changed translations. I went to the Bible app and I was like, I want to read it in a different translation to get a better understanding. Like I understood it, but I just wanted to dive deeper. So then I went and read the new, um, I think it was the new international version. And it says, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs because then you cannot please the enlisting officer. So if any of you are familiar with the military, the enlisting officer is the officer or the person that chose you to be a soldier. So, of course, that's parallel to God choosing us. So once I read this, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, being on a military base, like, there's, like, the civilian world, and then there's, like, the military world. Like, there's literally, like, bowling alleys, restaurants, that if you're a civilian and you don't have a military ID, you cannot get into, like, how you hating from outside? Like, how you hating from the civilian world? You can't even get in. So there's literally, like, a separate world. And what that made me realize is that we have that in everyday life as well because there's the spiritual world and then there's the physical world. So when this verse says soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of the civilian or soldiers don't get entangled with the civilian affairs, It made me think of getting entangled with things of the flesh or things of the physical and things of the world where we're really called to be 100% in things of the spiritual realm. So then I was like, okay, God, so basically you're showing me that I'm a soldier. And I was thinking of, you know, an adjective to describe this type of soldier that God wants us to be. And that's why I named this podcast The Sagacious Soldier. So sagacious means having or showing keen mental discernment and good judgment. And after reading this, God gave me the five points that I'm going to share with you of how to be a sagacious soldier. Now, before I share the points with you, I want to be very clear that you know the difference between a sagacious soldier and a sanctimonious soldier. A sanctimonious, and if you're going to write that down, that's S-A-N-C-T-I-M-O-N-I-O-U-S. A sanctimonious soldier would be, and I'll just give you the definition of sanctimonious, 
sanctimonious is making a show of being morally superior to other people. And I felt like that was important to list because, of course, sagacious is showing keen mental discernment and good judgment. Okay, it's a good character. But you don't want to rely so much on your good character that you begin to think that you're above other people, you're superior to other people. God does give us gifts, and God does call us to live in the spiritual, but he doesn't call us to look down on others. I wanted to make that very clear. So the first point that God showed me um, about how to be a sagacious soldier is that when he's making you a sagacious soldier or when you are a sagacious soldier, he calls you to solitude. So point number one is solitude. And solitude is when he removes you from the environment that you were in. So if you think about the military, they have to go off into boot camp. They have to go off into basic training. He removes you from the environment and brings you into solitude because this is the first step of your process. So the reason why he removes you from the environment or removes you from the atmosphere that you were in is because of point number two, which is titled similar, sort of. So God takes you to solitude, point number one, because he wants you to compare where he's brought you to and where he's brought you from. So when you go to basic training, you see a whole new world, and then you're able to see that it's similar but sort of. It's not really the same. And when I was applying this to my everyday life and what season I'm in right now, I I thought about when God removed me from Florida and took me to Virginia. And when he did this, he placed me amongst so many people who are like, they're definitely sagacious soldiers. Like, woo, like, <laughs> they are sagacious soldiers. I was a part of an organization called King's Daughters, and it was a Christian organization that plans Christian, Christian, Christian women empowerment conferences every year. And we had, like, monthly meetups and just different events in college, and they're very, like, spiritual, they're very in tune with the spiritual world, the Holy Spirit, everything like that. And what he showed me was, again, the solitude, him removing me. So in this season, he's making me reflect on that season of my life and this season of my life. So he's definitely called me into solitude this past week or two, and he's showing me the similar sort of. So what he's showing me specifically is primary God talk and secondary God talk. And what I mean by that is I could think about when I was in VA, Virginia, it was primary God talk. And what I meant by that was every aspect of our day, we looked for the spiritual, whether we were out to eat, whether we were in class, whether we were at an event, whether we went to visit another school, whether we were just sitting in the living room, and every aspect, every couple of minutes, there was something of the spiritual world coming out of our mouth or one of us. Y'all see what God doing right now? I feel like in this environment, he's doing this. Even when it came to interacting with others, it was always, okay, why God got us here? And what is God trying to show us with, at this event? What does, why does God have us here? What is he trying to, what does he want us to pour out into this event? Like literally everywhere we went, that was the mentality. It was primary God talk. Yes, there was some small conversation, some small talk, but 85% of our conversation was in every aspect, in every situation, in every environment, 85% of our conversation was, okay, God, why you got us here? Literally. So he made me, he showed me the similar sort of, and made me reflect back to being in that environment until 
compare it to secondary God talk, which is if you would flip the percentage. So opposed to it being 80% God talk, it's 20% God talk and 80% everything else talk. And when he made me realize that, I realized that that's, that's the environment in Florida. Like, and it made sense why he sent me here because when I first came back here, what God told me was, I'm bringing you here to shift something. So the same environment that you had in Virginia, I want you to introduce it here. I want you to bring it here. So when he made me compare the two talks, the primary God talk and the secondary God talk, and I realized that one is 80-20 and one is 20-80, I realized that a sagacious soldier that he's sending to shift somewhere has to change that equation. So he's literally placed me here to change the secondary God talk that's a norm here because here in Florida, you know, it's basically, you know, everyday talk or what's going on every day. And then it's like if stuff gets hard or if stuff gets confused, and then I'll say, well, I just need to pray about it. Prayer is the last resort. That's what I've always been exposed to. That's just what's normal here. Like, it's just like, or normal for, you know, what I know or what I've been exposed to. I can't speak for everybody. But it's definitely more secondary God talk than primary God talk. The first time I experienced primary God talk in every environment, home, work, school, events, gatherings, web jams, the first time I experienced that was in Virginia. So with the solitude and with him showing me the similar sort of, I was able to see, okay, I see the primary God talk and I see the secondary God talk. The third point that he showed me was sharpened or stagnant. So when it comes to having the primary God talk versus the secondary sorry, secondary God talk, it all depends on the community and the environment. So the question is, are you being sharpened with the community or are you being stagnant? Because you can only be sharpened based on the strength of your community. And what I mean by that is when I went to Virginia, I was a person that needed to be molded or needed to be sharpened to learn how to talk primary God talk instead of secondary God talk. So because the people that I was around talked primary God talk all the time, that taught me how to do it as well. But if my community is talking secondary God talk all the time, it's either one up to me to shift them to know, uh-uh, uh-uh, we got to bring it back, it has to be primary God talk, or I fall into the, the way of things, I fall into the norm, and then I switch to secondary talk. So when I switch to secondary talk, if the community is sharpened, the community will show me or remind me, uh-uh-uh, that's not how we talk. We talk primarily God. We talk God first because iron sharpens iron. So if I ever slip into talking about the physical or if I ever slip into putting God second in my everyday conversation, the community will be what sharpens me and reminds me that we put God first. But if the community is stagnant, then that stagnant community would be a community that, you know, lets me think it's okay to have secondary God talk. It's okay to talk about God 20% of the time and then 80% of the time talk about everything else. And what God made me realize with this point was that when you go through trials and tribulations and you go through tests, if your community is sharpened or if your talk is primary God talk, the tests don't hit as hard. It doesn't feel 
as impactful because you're living in the spiritual 80% of the time anyways. You're living in the spiritual 80% of the time. You're viewing everything in the spiritual 80% of the time, and you're speaking spiritual words 80% of the time. So when a test comes in the physical, it really can't hit. It, it got like 20% of you that it can affect. And I know this to be true because I think about trials and tribulations that I experienced in Virginia, and then I think about trials and tribulations that I experienced in Florida, and it's definitely a difference, and it's because of the primary God talk and the secondary God talk. So with knowing that, point four, which I hope I'm not going too fast, y'all, but, like, this was, like, a lot, and I'm just like, okay, like, (laughs) I'm really trying to, like, break it down so y'all can get it. So first is solitude. And after solitude, he, he, it's the comparing, the similar sort of. So it's in this environment, you did this. In this environment, it's lots of that. You need to distinguish which one. Is it going to be primary God talk or secondary God talk? And then point three is sharpened or stagnant. When it comes to enforcing the primary God talk, do you have a community that's sharpening you and pushing you to primarily God talk, or do you have a stagnant community that more so, okay, if you don't mention God, I'm not going to mention God, or if you do slip into secondary God talk, because I'm used to secondary God talk, I'm not going to think anything is wrong with it, or I'm not going to be the one to sharpen you to switch back to primary God talk. Those are the first three points. The fourth point that God showed me was a singular shifter. And what he showed me when it was pertaining to that is that's when you are the shifter. So opposed to relying on the sharpening of a community, sometimes when God calls a sagacious soldier, he calls you to be the one to shift that community. You to be the one to, okay, you know this community is used to having secondary God talk, so I'm going to send you alone to One by one, push everyone to primary God talk. I'm going to send you as the light in this community alone, one by one. And what he showed me also was that that's why when it came to solitude and him sending me to Virginia by myself, he sent me there and surrounded me with shifters, surrounded me with people who primarily talk God talk so that I could be molded into a sagacious soldier soldier. And then he can send me back into Florida where secondary God talk is popular and I can sharpen the people who are used to secondary God talk and help them shift to become a sagacious soldier who talks primarily God talk. I hope that wasn't confusing. I hope y'all keeping up with me because I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll, (laughs) y'all. So sometimes you will be a singular shifter. And it's crazy because it's just like that's where – all the weight comes from because it's just like, of course, being imperfect, there are days where it's just like, ah, easily shift over to secondary God talk, and that's where the community is so important. But what he showed me with the fifth point is when you are a single singular shifter, he will take you through seasons of source shutdown. So I'm going to say that again. When you are a singular shifter, He will take you through seasons of source shutdown. And what that means is he will have certain seasons where he removes you from everybody, and it's just you and him. It's just me and you for the next couple of days. It's just me and you for the next couple of weeks. Because if you think about it, if you send one soldier into an environment to shift it, that soldier needs refilling. That soldier needs 
a reminder of the goal and a reminder of the plan that you set out for that soldier. That soldier needs a refresher from time to time. So he will take you through seasons of source shutdown so that you can remember, one, who you are. I, I made you a sagacious soldier. I set you apart. And I allowed you to view everything as a whole. I allowed you to, to compare the two worlds because you've been into both. And I've showed you what I wanted you to do. I want you to shift this back to primary God talk. I want you to strengthen those who are used to secondary God talk. This is what I'm showing you that I want you to do. And he's shown that from the beginning. But during the seasons of source shutdown, it's like a reminder. All right, let me bring you back. Y'all if I'm going to ever call when y'all in the middle of something, like, that just messed up my whole flow, okay? I was on a road. Anyways, I remember where I ended off at. So when it comes to the source shutdown, the good thing about the source shutdown is that the source shutdown can be equivalent to the season of solitude, which was point number one. And what makes the source shutdown equivalent to solitude is that during the source shutdown, God shows you the vision again. God reminds you of the comparison that you saw from the beginning. This is what it looks like now. This is what I want it to be. I sent you to Florida because they're used to secondary God talk. I want you to switch them to primary God talk like you experienced here in Virginia. Not only that, I want you to see the areas that are stagnant because I'm sending you to those areas to sharpen it because you are a singular shifter. But in, in you being the singular shifter, if you ever feel like you're losing sight of the vision, if you ever feel like you're becoming drained, if you ever feel like you're losing focus and you need a refill, understand that you can come to the source and I will bring you to solitude and I will show you the similarities in the comparison again. I will redirect you to the areas that are stagnant that need sharpening and I will remind you that you are the singular shifter that I selected for a time as this. It's literally a whole cycle that repeats. Solitude. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to compare. I'm going to show you where you came from and where I have you now. I'm going to show you what I need to change that I brought you from. That's here where I have you. So I'm going to show you the primary God talk in Virginia, and then I'm going to send you back to Florida to shift it because they got secondary. It's literally a process that continues to repeat. I'm going to fill you up, then I'm going to send you out so you can pour. Then I need you to come back so I can fill you up, then I'm going to send you out so you can pour. Solitude, similarity, sharpen, singular shifter, source shutdown, solitude, similarity. Literally, y'all, it repeats. And that's the good thing about God. He never calls you to something that he hasn't prepared you for and that he won't equip you to fulfill. So I don't know if there's anybody that's in a season like me, that's in a source shutdown season, that's in a you're in a new territory, this is a new level of what I've called you to season like me. But if you are sis, Remember that your refill, remember that your realignment, remember that the vision will always be refreshed and refilled in the source, in solitude. Like, it's funny because I was with my best friend on Saturday, and she was talking to me about, like, problems at work. And I was just, I was driving, and of course my ears still work, even though I'm not looking at her because I'm looking at the the road. And she was just like, you're really in your thoughts. Like she could tell, I didn't say anything, but she could tell on my face that I was tuned out. And I literally said to her, like, yeah, I'm just really not trying to talk about much of the physical right now. Like I'm just in this season where it's spiritual talk or nothing. And I think it's important 
to be in that season to train yourself to think like that because the thing about talking about spiritual only and really reminding yourself of what God is doing in the spiritual and really tapping into what he has going on in your life is that when the physical problems come, you're not moved by them because God shows you sneak peeks of the future in the spiritual realm. Like the physical has to catch up to the spiritual. The the spiritual is always ahead. God's blessings are in the spiritual, and we're just down here waiting on them to be released into the physical. So if your mind and your talk and your thought process and your entire being is in the spiritual, when physical come your way, God already has you prepared for that so you're not bothered by it. So everything that she was saying to me was physical problems. But for the past week and a half, my mind has only been in the spiritual. So what she was saying wasn't hitting. It wasn't hitting. I wasn't, I wasn't affected by it. I wasn't phased by it. I was literally blind to it. And I was just like, I'm just in the, I'm just in the spiritual. I'm just, it's not that a dismissal of problems because, of course, everybody has problems. Everybody has trials and tribulations, but it's literally a training, like a soldier, like a boot camp. It's a training of the mind to function in the spiritual at all times. And like the Second Timothy 2, verse 4 says, not get entangled in civilian affairs. Civilian affairs is worrying about problems on earth. If you're in the spiritual, you know that this problem would have never got to me if God didn't allow it. So I need to think on the spiritual and see God. I'm not focused on the problem. I need to know why you sent it and what I need to do to overcome it. Because if I sit and I talk about it, if I have this secondary God talk where 80% of my talk is the physical and what's going on in the physical, that's discouraging. That's draining. That's defeating. That leads to depression. That leads to mental breakdowns because it's overwhelming when you try to carry the physical on your own. But when you put God in the spiritual first and you primarily speak and think what his word says, that gives God room to move in the situation. And when the problems come your way, you combat it with the word of God. You combat it with what you know What you know is happening in the spiritual, and then you're able to say, I see this in the physical, but I heard about what's happening in the spiritual, so I just got to speak it and wait for it to come to pass so I ain't really moved by what you're showing me right now because I already know what I heard. But if we're not tapping into the spiritual, if we're not primarily speaking God talk, if we're not focusing on what God is doing in the spiritual, then we won't know. So then we're blindsided when problems in the physical come our way. So that's all I had to share with y'all. We are sagacious soldiers. We are shifters. We are called to be beings of the spiritual, to see God's hand in every aspect of our life and not be moved by the physical things. And sometimes this world has conditioned us to believe that talking about it is going to solve it. And, yes, sometimes talking does bring healing, but you got to put a cap on it because it can easily go from talking and healing to talking and complaining. you got to put a cap on it. Eventually, it has to be enough is enough. Let me speak God's word because me complaining about it and venting about it day after day after day isn't changing anything. So let me speak words of faith. Let me remember who is in charge of all of this ultimately, and it's God. 
So I'm going to speak what he says, and I'm going to think about what he says. I know that I have problems, but this is what I'm going to put all my focus on, because when you focus on how big your God is, it minimizes the problems in your life. So I just wanted to encourage you guys to have primary God talk, to remember that you are a soldier, sis, or sir, <laughs> to remember that you are called to be a shifter and to really take time of solitude to know what needs to be shifted and what areas are stagnant and need to be sharpened so that you can go out and do that after spending solitude with the source. That's like tongue twisters. I hope y'all was taking notes because I said a lot. I hope I ain't confused y'all. This was like, this word had a lot in it, like a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> but that's why he gave it to me. So sorry if it confused anybody, but whoever it's supposed to reach, whoever it's supposed to hit, it's going to hit them. And I don't know, maybe in the next season it'll hit whoever, you know, may not get it. I don't know. That ain't for me to know. I'm just going to deliver this word, and now we just about to pray out. All right? Father God, first and foremost, I just want to thank you for giving me the voice and giving me the opportunity to present another word on this podcast that you've blessed me with, Father God. I just want to thank you for choosing me to be a vessel of your word, Father God. Thank you for me having a roof over my head to sit down and do this quiet time and deliver this word to everyone that's listening to this podcast, Father God. I pray that it touches at least one person, Father God. If it touches one person, if it touches nobody, I know that I've done what's pleasing to you, Father God. I thank you for the content in this word, Father God, I thank you for the breakdown that you showed me, the cycle that you showed me of the steps that you take us to when you've called us for something, Father God, when you've called us to something, to someone, to an environment, to a state, Father God. I thank you for choosing us to be shifters and being vessels and reflections of you, Father God. I pray that we all remember that you're our source, and when we seek solitude, that's when we're filled in your presence, Father God. I pray that all visions that you've given everybody is pushed out through this message, Father God, and that they first take the time to be filled by you and then sent out into the world to not get entangled in the things of this world, to not get entangled in things of the physical, Father God, but to live a spiritual life, to to be spirit-led by your Holy Spirit, Father God, and to be filled with your direction, your guidance, your discernment, your wisdom, and your clarity. I love you. I love everyone listening to this podcast. I pray that they have a prosperous and blessed, spirit-filled week, Father God. And I pray that you constantly remind them that in your spirit, in your solitude, is where all of our peace and strength comes from. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Christian Bay underscore. And I will talk to you guys next Monday. I want to say next Monday, but if I get another word this week, during my solitude source refiller, I might just hop back on here and drop another word, sweetie. I don't know. We will see. But until then, have a good week. Love y'all. Bye.